Welcome back to Travels with Alicia. In this episode, I'll talk about the music and theater scene in London. If you're planning a trip to London, I hope you take away some information to make your trip more fun. Let's start with music. London has a legendary music history. A huge number of the bands and artists that we love are from London. You'll recognize the names. Paul McCartney, David Bowie, Queen, The Who, George Michael, Amy Winehouse, Adele, Ed Sheeran. I'm just not, I can't keep going on. There's so many. If you love music, you need to put some of these destinations on your list to visit while you're in London. So let's start with Abbey Road. You need to visit Abbey Road and recreate the famous scene where the Beatles are walking across the crosswalk. So I did this and it was a lot of fun. But beware, it's a real road with traffic. So you need to act really fast to get your photo so you don't get run over. Anyway, um, Abbey Road Studios is also right there and it's a real operating studio. When I was there, like, we couldn't go in. There there are people in and out. It's, I guess, recording. And it is a studio that you could actually record if you want to and you have the money. You can actually arrange a session at Abbey Road Studios. So that's pretty cool. I also found out just recently that they are going to have some tours in August of 2023. They've opened up I think eight dates in August, and this is very rare that you can pay like $150 and go for a tour of um, Abbey Road Studios. So if you happen to be there, it's something to think about. So they also have an amazing gift shop there, and they have really high quality things. So they have t-shirts and a lot of things that are themed with music. Um, We had a great time. I think we were there for a good hour. So Abbey Road is one place to visit. So number two, I would definitely go to Denmark Street. This is at the edge of the West End. You would actually get off on the tube station at Tottingham Court Road. So this area is just a lot of history. This was the business center for music in London. And it was called Tin Pan Alley. And it was a strip of, it still is, but it was a strip of shops selling musical instruments, sheet music, They have clubs and bars, but they also have like all the business side, music agents and managers offices. And but everything could be done here. Everything to do with music, writing, producing, performing, listening and the selling. Everything could be done within this short area of Denmark Street. So some historical things are that Jimmy Page bought his most favorite custom Les Paul guitar here. Paul Simon's, his song, Sounds of Silence, he it was rejected while he was on Denmark Street in one of the studios, but he went on to record it himself, and the rest is history. And the Rolling Stones recorded their first album at the Regent Sounds, and that's a studio that's also still there on Denmark Street. So there's a lot changing in London around the music scene, and I think music's changing in general. Even though there's still some places that have been there for many, many decades. So Rose Morris is on 8 Denmark, and that's a place to buy musical instruments, and so is the music room. Other things are starting to change. And so there was a new line put in. I think it's called the... uh, the Elizabeth line. And so there's a new tube line that they're, they're planning to regenerate and 
and recreate this area into a more modern area. They're trying not to change Denmark Street. They're trying to do things underground for a lot of it. So there's some places I can recommend. But I will just read you these two quotes because this is where it's going. They're trying to create an immersive entertainment district where music, film, art, gaming, and retail experiences come to life in new breathtaking ways. So that's kind of the vision for the future of this area. So some people are kind of sad about it because the old gritty way of doing music is changing. So these places I recommend, one is called the Lower Third. It's a cocktail bar, but then you can go underground and they've created this very large performance space. There's many up-and-coming performers, several are night sometimes, and they're only about $20 a ticket. So I would recommend that as a place to visit. There's another place called HERE, like capital H-E-R-E, and that is a performance space. And that's one of the very new places that they're trying to make as interactive digital art along with music. So there's a lot of shows going on there as well, and a lot of them are $20, but you'll see there's massive screens with art and things going on behind the singers. So it's just trying to say this is kind of the future of performing arts and they're trying to make it interactive. So let me move on to the next area. So we talked about Abbey Road. We talked about Denmark Street. Number three is Camden. So this has been a premier music scene for decades in London. I always associate it with Amy Winehouse. She had bought a flat here about a year before her death in 2011, and she bought her place was on 30 Camden Square, and you'll still see fans gathering there. In this area, there's a bronze statue of her and also street art honoring her. There's a piece called The Fallen Angel, and it's painted on the side of the Camden Information Center. So there's a lot there dedicated to her. The Holly Arms was home to her favorite drink, and her favorite drink was the Rick Stacy. And so if you get there, um, this place burned down and it has been rebuilt. So if you do get there, it's something you could try, that drink. And um, it holds a lot of secret gigs, and so that's something to look into. So here are some great places to check out in the Camden area. One is called the Roundhouse, and this is like a really famous place. I think it was a train station shed that they turned into a music venue. And you can actually, there's actually a tube station, the Chalk Farm Tube Station. It's actually closer than the Candom Station. So, And sadly enough, this was the last place that Amy Winehouse played in the UK before her death. So she played there like less than a week before she died. There's also a place called the Electric Ballroom, and this is very shabby and hedonistic, but it's definitely old-school Camden. Another place I'll mention is the Camden Assembly. It used to be called the Barfly, for people who may be real familiar with Camden. It has three floors, but what's different is it's known for both music and food, so um, that makes it a little different than some of the other places. I'm going to only mention two more places. One's called the Coco, K-O-K-O, and it used to be called the Palace Theater. It has many floors, bars, huge dance place, but this is where Prince used to hold all his after parties, and it's just an iconic place there in Camden. The last place I'll mention is the Jazz Cafe, 
And yes, there was lots of jazz here, but it's also known to have hip hop. And this is where a lot of the American artists get their start in the UK. So if an American artist who's maybe somewhat popular comes to the UK, that's one of the places that normally they're able to get and perform at. So to kind of sum up the music part, the last thing I want to talk about is Wembley Stadium. So Wembley Stadium opened in 2007, and it's an open-air stadium that has a top that actually closes. And when it closes, it's the largest music venue in the whole entire world. It can hold 90,000 people. George Michael was the first artist to perform here. And since then, Eminem, Foo Fighters, Beyonce, Ed Sheeran, and Adele have played there. I mean, there's been many more, but you can get the point. They have to be very big artists because you want to be able to fill that stadium and it's 90,000 people. So this would be, to me, the ultimate experience to watch a concert. So you could plan your trip around a concert that you want to see or you could see who's playing when you're going. I can't even imagine what the Taylor Swift concert's going to be like because it's a very interactive concert, and she's going to be playing at Wembley Stadium in June of 2024 for five nights. And it's guaranteed she's going to sell out all five nights, and it'll most likely set a record for Wembley Stadium. So that'll be really exciting. And again, it's something if you love music, um, either plan your trip around a concert or see who's playing. And um, I actually always thought it'd be great to see Adele there. I think I saw it on um, a television special, and I was just like, wow, that would have been the ultimate, ultimate Wembley Stadium show to see. Okay, so that wraps it up for the music. Let's now talk about theater in London. And the most famous theater is the Shakespeare Globe. It was built in 1599. If you like Shakespeare, this is your place. It primarily shows Shakespeare plays, but it does have other Renaissance playwrights, and it does do some newer writers and some music concerts, but it is primarily Shakespeare. I have to admit, I have not gone. I have walked past it so many times, and I always say I'm going to do it, but I'm personally not a great fan of Shakespeare, so I have passed on it. But if it's your thing, you need to get to this theater because I've heard it's fantastic. It's one of the best places in the world to see Shakespeare. So next, let's talk about the London Theater District. It's known as Theater Land or the West End. And this area can be compared to Broadway in New York City. I will say it's cheaper to see a show in London versus New York City. Why is that? So one, it's supplemented by the government. The government actually supports the arts in London. Second, the unions are not as strong as New York City. And the workers are not paid as much as they are in New York City. And that's actually kind of sad, but that is another reason that the prices are less. And then finally, Americans and visitors to New York City are willing to pay the high prices. So they do keep the prices high. So I highly recommend that if you love theater, consider seeing one or several shows while you're there. I saw Billy Elliot about maybe six years ago, and it was great. So you may know that Tom Holland was in Billy Elliot. He didn't play Billy Elliot. He played his best friend. 
but he was not in the show. He was long gone before I, I saw it. But that is a, um, interesting fact. And I think the tickets were only about $40. So they're definitely more today, but still much less than New York City. You can buy the tickets online or at ticket booths, those red booths that you'll see, you know, all over, maybe not all over, but there's at least two or three in the West End. New York City has these same ticket counters. So other than Tom Holland, there are other famous people who made such great impressions and started their careers in the West End in a show. So Nicole Kidman starred in 19, in this 1980s show or play called The Blue Room. She was so good that it was so hard to get tickets. And then right after she won the Best Actress Award. I'll just mention one more. Kira Knightley. She starred alongside Elizabeth Moss, who was in The Handmaid's Tale, and they were in a play called The Children's Hour. And this set her and Elizabeth up, and they were very noticed, and they went on to be very big stars. This play is about a boarding school, and there was like a chain of deceit and events that happened. It sounded so interesting. I really am going to look up this play, The Children's Hour, and see if it's playing anywhere. So anyway, I thought I'd end by... Just a few things here. I want to mention the longest-running shows that are in London, and you'll probably recognize most of these. So the longest-running show is called Mousetrap. It's been running since 1974. I actually don't know that one. Number two is Les Miserables. It's been running since 1985. Phantom of the Opera since 1986. The Woman in Black from 1989. I don't know that one either. And Mamma Mia!, has been running since 1999. So I've seen several of these, and Mamma Mia was fantastic. I saw it in New York not too long ago. I didn't know it was running in London for such a long time. But it's a great show with all the ABBA songs, and it's kind of almost like a sing-along. So if you get a chance, i definitely see that one. You know, obviously, people need to eat before and after shows. There's so many restaurants in the West End, and they offer these pre-theater specials. If you buy your tickets from those red ticket booths, I think they usually give you a coupon for like 25% off some of the pre-theater like set meals at these restaurants. So that's a great deal and another way that your evening out doesn't have to be that expensive. So I hope you get to see shows and I hope this has been helpful. Thank you so much for joining me and stay tuned for the next episode where I talk about London's best museums and markets.